0: Turn up the radio and sing along. It's time for another great song. This is the great song. Podcast. podcast season's greetings and welcome once again to the great song podcast. I'm Rob Alley, and I am JB Moser, and we're here to celebrate the greatest songs <laughs> in modern music history. We're going to tell you what makes them great, why we think they're awesome, and why you should too. JP, how are you doing today, man, man?
1: I am doing fantastic. It's week two of movie month, we're right in the middle of it, taking it back to 2004 with arguably the most quotable movie of 2004. Your mom goes to college. <laughs> Tina, eat the food. Eat the food.
0: You eat the fat food. Lard. T- you
1: fat lard. Do chickens have large talons? <laughs> Girls want boys with skills. So many things. Tots. We're gonna. We're gonna have a good. Rob, tell them what song we're talking
0: about, and from what movie? From the movie Napoleon Dynamite. This is "The Promise" by Win in Rome.
2: When you're in doubt And when you're in danger Take a look all around And I'll be there
0: Is the promise by Win in Rome from the nineteen eighty-seven album Win in Rome, written by Win in Rome, aka Clive Farrington, Andrew Mann, and Michael Florial. We'll be speaking at the end of the episode to a duo. Clive Farrington and Andrew Mann in different from parts of the, the world. That's right. Uh, the magic of the magic of online Zoom. We finally figured it out. <laughs> A year into the pandemic, we figured out Zoom. How guys. do you use Zoom? Yeah, it's I. Awesome. Uh, and if I sound
1: out of breath, it's because while you were hearing that magnificent tune, I was like, Rob, I got to sprint upstairs and get my liger wristbands, <laughs> which are from the Napoleon Dynamite movie. This is the yeah. actual liger. Have you had those since like 2004? I've had these since 2004. They smell like 2004. (laughs) Wristbands, Rob knows me from my wristband-wearing days, which have
0: continued still to this day. Some days I just
1: have to pull out the wristbands.
0: JP has lots of caps Lots of sunglasses and lots of wristbands. <laughs> that is true. Uh, and headbands. You have some not, one, as, not as, one as many. Or two. Yeah. yeah, that's okay. uh, more so for the joke side on the headband. Right. <laughs> yes. So uh, the promise by winning Rome played in the movie Napoleon Dynamite over the closing scene or under the closing scene, I guess, in the closing credits. Uh, it's when you know Napoleon and um, uh, what's her name, Tina Majorino, her character uh, uh, Deb. Deb. Um, they 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 kind of connect on the playground and they're playing. Um, tetherball at the end and this is what starts playing this is the emotional bed underneath the final little cute you know uh happy uh warm scene at the end of. that Napoleon was the Dunder. joke
1: i was supposed to make when i came back down it's not that i sprinted up to get my wristbands is that i went to
0: play tetherball <laughs> I <That> is, but... <laughs> sorry I was, well you need the wristbands that's right you don't know, play tetherball you don't want the sweat coming down to your hands that's right did
1: you ever play tetherball were you tetherball? yeah of course at youth yeah, yeah, yeah. camp you play, uh, at what? just school we school? had tetherball
0: pole at my school yeah it was great We played every good? day I mean, can you be good at tether? You can. The people
1: that can hit it really high above the screw, yeah, and just keep it in there, just just keep keep it it going, yeah, man.
0: Tall people. Then if you grab the rope, you're out or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. There's this great episode of the show Thirty Rock, which is my, my my favorite sitcom of all time. Uh, where they talk about their NBC admits that they've been making up Olympic uh, events like uh, so that we can say we won more medals. That's and hilarious. one of them was Olympic tetherball. That's like, right. And so they bring in the, the Olympic tetherball winner and whatever, but they're like, we've just been faking it. This isn't a real thing. <laughs> That's awesome. So we can say we won more. Anyway, The Promise by Winning Rome went to number one on the U.S. Billboard Dance slash Club Play Songs chart, number 11 on the Billboard Hot 100, and number 58 in the U.K. It's always weird uh, to me when a U.K. band charts higher in the U.S., than, than in, the in their UK. own. Ter- um, and Profit th- is not welcome in his own right, whatever it yeah, is. Exactly, yes. But it got me thinking about bands and artists from the UK who were slash are, generally speaking, more popular here okay. than there. Um, so doing a little quick research, I found a few common names um, thrown out there, okay? Uh, Bush... How about Bush, okay. like Gavin, Gavin Rossdale and, and company. Yeah, are you a fan? Uh,
1: enough, not really. I wouldn't say I'm a fan. I mean,
0: I used to have a deep, burning hatred for Bush okay. when they first came out, and when Machine Head blew up. Mm-hmm. Man, I hated those guys. Could not. They were the antithesis of everything I wanted. Rock music. Was to it be his vocals at the time. that bothered you? Or? I, it was. I, I think it was a combination of things. I won't get into. But sure. It, but it was just, and I think now I would not think that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I would be more cool about it. But then I think I was so at the height of my Van Halen fanaticism okay. that they were just the anti-Van. You know I, mean? I was yeah. like, come on. Uh, more acts that were that were more popular in the U.S. than the U.K., but were from the U.K. How about The Outfield? Remember The yes. Outfield? Yes. Man, uh, um, I really like The Outfield. Yeah? Um,
1: do you know the song Winning It
0: All by then? Sing it. Winning it all ain't gotta walk I, away. I was 99% sure I didn't know it. I just wanted to hear you sing it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no matter what you say. I had a Larry Bird video that that was his uh, uh that was his uh thing. He says no place I'd rather be, French lick. Winning it all. Oh man, That sounds so corny. It's amazing. I actually think I might have used that to make my high school promo <laughs> video. I need to go back and look at it. You but have a maybe, high school promo oh, video? Oh dude, man, my my, Whoa. My, my my I'm Uncle Rico. What? <laughs> No. I'll have to find that. Oh, God. No, I yeah, didn't. I did uh, that game. I did. Uh, <laughs> I, did uh, I did time machine. Just oh, just tri- it. a journey, yeah. yeah and it's choice. got my stats and videos and stuff. Yo, I gotta find
0: that. If you can find that, to find it. we're gonna, gonna digitize dad. it and we're putting it on da- Instagram. Dad,
1: I know you listen every week. We need you to get me my yep. 1999 <laughs> promo video. <laughs> yes, uh, I can't believe I admitted that,
0: and I'll show it to oh, some people. And dude, you guys can uh, seriously. Live we're my gonna glory that's days. going up on Instagram. If you want to see some wristbands? The second we can get that digitized, that's going. Okay. Oh, that's, that's fantastic. That's gonna happen. All right. Apparently, Fog Hat is a prime example. I didn't know. I would not have thought that they had eleven. Hot 100 hits in the U.S. and exactly zero in the U.K. Uh, Thirteen top 200 albums, zero that charted in the U.K. Multi platinum here couldn't get arrested in London. Yeah, disgrace. Like gracious. apparently they are nothing in the U.K. That's crazy. Um, and how about this? So here's the kicker: Frampton couldn't get arrested. I just, yeah. that, I'm a little late on that, but that was good. <laughs> Uh, Frampton comes alive is certified gold in the UK, which okay. means it sold a hundred thousand copies. Okay, and certified eight times platinum in the US, eight million plus sales. Goodness in the gracious! A hundred thousand in the UK. Number one album here didn't even chart in the UK. That is weird. Isn't that Wh- wild? Where was the? I don't remember where the show
1: was from. Was it? It was multiple shows, right? It was, or, I think it was multiple shows. I wonder San Francisco, if they were all in the United States. And, if that
0: maybe was why. Yeah, but I mean, but still, it's
1: Peter Frampton. Right, yeah, it's Frampton crazy. Comes Alive.
0: Yeah. And the numbers are, you know, okay, there's so many more potential listeners in the U.S., right? And that's why mm-hmm. the 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 platinum sales are weighted differently here than there. But still, 8 million plus here to 100,000 there. It's ridiculous. N- number, number one album, didn't even chart at all. Legendary classic album, Frampton Comes Alive, did, you know, meh. In the UK. Go back and it listen like, to a season one, episode three or two. Something like, yeah, it was one Maybe of that first Maybe two batch. or three, yeah. something
1: like that for us.
0: Yeah. Uh, so The Promise by winning in Rome was one of the top 100 Billboard songs of the year in 1989. Actually, don't go back and listen. It, it, go backwards. <laughs> yeah. Start
1: here if you're listening back through. Ease back into And then it. end up there. Yeah.
0: It's true. Come a long way. You don't want to... That's right. Uh, actually, today, I told JP I was listening to uh, On the Way Up, uh, just for some inspiration and just just for fond memories, I was listening to the Best of Season 3 episode, <laughs> which we haven't done... I don't think we've done a Best of since Season 3. We might have done a Season 4, but... Because it's, it's so much work to put together. Uh, I'm trying to get one together for this season, but... Man, it's so funny. Like, <laughs> all of those best bits just in there together. It, it was so much fun. Go back and listen to the best of season three when you have some extra time this week. It's it's, it's so good. Anyway, uh, this song was initially released as an extended dance single. You remember Maxi Singles? Yes. That would have, That's like, good. three the different remixes. versions of the same song. Uh-huh. And, yeah, a couple remixes and whatever. Um, and uh, it topped the Billboard Hot Dance music uh, chart. It was re-released after the release of Win and Rome's debut full-length album, and then is when it went to number one overall on the Hot 100. So it was um, single first, topped the dance charts, and then the record company ordered a full album. It was basically like a pilot. Uh, pilot episode of a show, mm-hmm. right? They they put it out there, see what the interest was, and then it went number one on the dance charts, and they were like, okay, let's put together a full album. And then, so it re-released after that and went to number 11 on the Hot 100 overall. So, uh, really interesting. I, I don't feel like stuff does that anymore. It's, it's you know what I mean? That's an unusual sort of yeah. uh, rollout for it. Um, how about a few listening notes from me? Do it. Is that fine? That's great. All right. So, I love uh, how the, hold on, I gotta, Grab my phone. Y'all should see the way we have to <laughs> all the wires, We've got cords, and, and stuff everywhere. Machinery it's, that we use to be able to record some of the stuff that we it's record. It's Chevy Chase's Christmas vacation. It really is on a soundboard. It really is. Okay, listen to a, a couple things here. A couple in the be- very beginning, you'll hear um, the bass loop coming in at a random time. It's not like at the beginning of a okay. phrase or something. It just comes in, uh, and the flanger on the hi hats. Okay, we'll talk about a flanger in a second. The weird effect on the on the hi hats—you'll hear it. A flanger while while this is coming in is like a—it's um, a modulation thing. It's more obvious than a chorus or a phaser. It makes it like an airplane jet. Kind of sound. Oh, in it there, was late. it's late. Face in there it. a bar late, yeah. and then listen to the hi hats on the left side. To you hear a flanger on them. Yeah, right. It's kind of a takes a minute. It kind, a flanger makes the it makes it sound like the air on something is rising and falling in pitch. You know what I'm saying? It doesn't affect the pitch of a sound, but it affects the very high end of it and gives it that. It's the purple boss pedal. It's like a wah pedal for the air. You know, it's the purple <laughs> it's, boss pedal. It's yes, purple boss I saw and oh, I wish I could give credit to this. I saw the coolest thing yesterday. Uh, an artist online who does just prints, uh, P-R-I-N-T-S, you know, mm-hmm. art prints of um, pedals. OK, they, they paint these pedals and they give them custom names And then and then and they look like those classic boss effects pedals and you can buy them or whatever. But one says like one is called like Stardust and it's got like the Ziggy Stardust, uh, Uh the lightning, you know, the red and blue like lightning thing on it. Um, And one was, uh, you know, there were just various things. There was one called Sabotage. It was just red and it was, you know, but they looked awesome, dude. They were a little pricey for me, but uh, they were super cool. I'm going to try and find out who that was. Um, we know you
1: listen to the podcast, so just go yeah, ahead and wh- tell us who you, you are. are.
0: Yeah. Let's go ahead and send us one and we'll give it as a prize of
1: unspeakable
0: value. Yeah. Anyone, anyone who's serious about music is listening to this shit, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> um okay. There's I this is not like this is one of those things. We talk about the things that we love about these songs, and this is a bad thing that I love about this song. Okay. Okay. At uh at 47 seconds in, um, it's one of the last lines in the verse. There's a flat vocal note. Okay. okay. And the more you, once you hear it once, you will oh, never unhear it, okay? Stack. But let's. But I look forward to it every time.
2: I'll always be there.
0: First of all, that note sounds very effective. And when and you're in doubt. And when you're in danger. Listen to the low note right here. Take a look all around look all around it's very flat and some speakers accentuate it more than others okay but on my on my like studio monitors at home it was like right in my face <laughs> it was like wow anyway but this is you know pre autotune and all that stuff speaking of so, face so, i've been oh.
1: saving my favorite line okay for this okay rex kwando <laughs> Diedrich Bader as Rex Quando, break the wrist and walk away. <laughs> Did you think anybody wants a roundhouse kick to the face while I'm wearing these bad boys? These
0: bad boys. <laughs> That's right. So, I don't uh, think so.
1: Guy from Beverly Hillbillies, the Drew Carey show.
0: Diedrich Bader has a great voice. Rex Quando. Great voice. He does have a great voice. He That's is good. the voice of Batman in the, I think it was the Brave and the Bold uh, okay. animated series. Yeah. He's the voice of Batman, uh, which is awesome. Anybody that can voice Batman is okay by me. He does it pretty well, uh, you know? And I think, I, I think if I tried... You I could, could do a, a fair Dietrich Bader. Dietrich I, Bader as Batman. That was pretty good. I would I mean. do him more with with, with with the Rex Kondo, like southern, almost southern uh-huh. sounding. You yeah. know what I mean? That's what. That's what. Uh, yeah. Um, you think anybody's gonna? What say? You, you think anybody's gonna make fun of me because I got Stella on the wall over there? What does he say? Go home to Stella at night. Because I, like, like, <laughs> I go home to Stella at night. <laughs> <laughs> It's a borderline Randy Savage, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. It's like, I'm thinking, thinking, thinking. Oh, it's, almost, it's almost Randy Savage. <laughs> um, let's see. Uh, there's great vocal doubling on the chorus. It really sets it off. I, for me, it wouldn't be the same if this was a single vocal. Yeah. Uh, the, two, the two vocals on the chorus really make it. I'm sorry, but I'm just thinking of the right it's the vocal doubling that mean, makes it sound like a chorus. If it was a single vocal, it would just sound like another part, the next part of the verse. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Pre-chorus? But, yeah, yeah. It would just, it, yeah. So the the vocal doubling literally sets it apart, uh and the snare build in. Is
1: like it's about to get bigger, yeah. Thus making it a chorus, and it really
0: did. doesn't. The production doesn't really get it doesn't any get bigger, louder. It's it just only the vocals, but good. the snare tells you something's that coming. something's changing. Yeah, yeah. Good. So that's cool. Um, another thing I really love about this track is the piano. Yeah, the, the oh, piano man. is beautiful. At so, the
1: very beginning, it's like. So it comes out just
0: gorgeous. Exactly. Yeah. It's it's really kind of sparse Tasty. and tasteful throughout, right? And I know we probably compare too much to Bruce Hornsby when we talk about piano stuff because that's where we are. But the piano on this track really reminds me of him, and very specifically his work, um, not his, not on, on his own stuff, but on his guest appearance on the Brandon Flowers song "Between Me and You." Okay, right? It's stuff that you could miss if you're not listening, mm-hmm. but it's so good. Um, that's and good. That that song is Oh, oh we incredible. love that song. Oh my yeah. goodness. Um, let's see. A few notes on when in Rome. You want, why don't we, you got some, can we meet the band? Let's meet the band. Let's do it. Hey, let's meet the band. It's time to meet the band. Hey mama, let's meet the band.
1: Let's all meet the band. Hey! All right, we're going to meet the band. Of When in Rome that plays on The Promise. Uh, Michael, and we mentioned that we hang out with these guys, um, the guys towards the the bottom. um, No, at the end. So hang around. You get to meet, actually meet some of When in Rome. Uh, This gentleman was not part of the people that we spoke with, but on Keyboard's Michael Florial, we talk a little bit about him on piano, backing vocals. Most of his other credits are like hits of the 80s, dance hits of the 80s, et cetera, and then I just realized he's getting credit for the stuff that he does on with Win in Rome, yeah. just remixed or remastered right, exactly. or other projects. Yeah. Um, but great keyboard player. On bass, Phil Spaulding. Dude, this guy, Phil Spaulding on bass, let me just tell you. Stuff with Seal, Mick Jagger, orchestral maneuvers in the dark. They have the um, If You Leave, Don't Leave Now. Okay. Um. You know that song? No. From the movie? Yeah, you do. <laughs> uh, you don't want me to sing another one, do you? If you maybe. leave, don't leave now.
0: Uh, la, 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 la. Okay, maybe.
1: I obviously nailed that. Yeah, but sure. But from that movie. Um, on drums, Preston Heyman. Stuff with Kate Bush. Kate Bush and Kim Wilde. I don't know why I had such a hard time with that name. It's their second Bush reference, but for different persons. True. So. Um, J.J. Bell and Michael Thompson on guitar, um, all, Michael Thompson, all kinds of stuff with Joe Cocker, Christopher Cross, Reba, and then on vocals, um, and I've also, uh, uh, musicians as well, Clive Farrington and Andrew Mann, um, so, and we'll get to hang out a little bit with them. Three producers on this, um, so to have three producers, it's not... Very common. Seems like a lot of
0: cooks in the kitchen. Um,
1: Michael Brower, um, Ben Rogan. Um, he did stuff with everything but the girl. Joe Rogan's uh, dad. That's right. Is it really? No. no I was like, <laughs> And I about said Sade again, Sade. I don't, Sade. Know, why, I don't know why I say Sade every time. And we did a whole episode. On Sade. And Richard <laughs> James Burgess. Um, so, three producers. Uh, that's the Meet the Band section
0: of okay. Win in Rome. A few notes here. Uh, currently, if you want to go to a Win in Rome show, you've got two options, uh, neither of which is actually called Win in Rome. Mm-hmm. After some squabbling over name trademarks between Farrington and Mann and Michael Floreal, you now have Florial's U.S.-based Win in Rome 2 and win in rome uk for farrington and man uh or when they perform in the u.s it's clive farrington and andrew Mann, formerly of win in rome or farrington <laughs> and man original members of win in rome uk okay those are your options so you could see all manner of uh <laughs> you know uh, verbiage for when you want to go see especially farrington and man um in 2016, Clive Farrington released his autobiography, and I really appreciate the title. It's called Confessions of a One-Hit Wonder, The Promise and the Aftermath. <laughs> and I just love that he's willing to, like, wear that moniker. You know what I mean? Uh, unlike some people I know. <laughs> <Like> Marcone. <laughs> <laughs> and when you guys are looking and this
1: I hope they don't take offense to this but this is the best way I know to set them apart uh, Clive Farrington is the bald one and Andrew Mann has the long hair there you go so and I don't mean of any offense to that just when you're watching the
0: video I mean, that way you know who's new yeah, who. it's not offensive to say somebody's bald that's he knows
1: that's true not like lots of hats
0: yeah um, let's see uh, the phrase let's talk about the phrase when in Rome okay. How about that? yeah um, for the Ron Burgundy's among us who might not know exactly what it is <laughs> Uh, is part of the old axiom, when, do in, when in Rome, do, do as the, Romans, as the do. Romans do. Meaning, just go with the flow if you're in an unfamiliar situation. Give yourself a chance to fit in, not make waves. Let the locals be your example. Should we eat with our hands? Just Yes, exactly. Just follow the locals and you'll figure it out as you go. Uh, adapt to the culture. Uh-huh. right? Don't expect the culture to adapt to you. Win in Rome, do as the Romans do. It's also <laughs> one of my least cared about Billy Joel songs from JP's favorite Billy that's Joel right. album, Stormfront. Stormfront. Uh. I do not like that song. I skip it four times out of five. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's a lot. It's not, unless I'm intentionally going, all right, I'm listening to this full album back to back. I'm, I'm skipping <laughs> Winning Rome by Billy Joel. It's not good. Um, I mean, it's fine. It's Anything Billy, Billy Joel, Joel does is good. Up. It's well done. I just don't think it's a song worth being, really. You know what I mean? It doesn't, it's not. It doesn't bother me. The hook doesn't, it's, anyway. It's part right. of the package. It's part of the package. Um, shall we talk some Napoleon Dynamite?
1: Yes, and let's talk
0: about, since we're talking about songs, let's talk about great songs on
1: that album. A soundtrack okay. of songs you love that you forgot you love. Okay. Alphaville, Forever Young is on there. Yeah. Shout out to Zeke, your buddy, yeah. said so he likes that song. Yeah, yeah. and I, Your friend and mine. Everybody, right. um, Let's play a little Forever Young by Alphaville, not the Rod Stewart song, just so that you guys know what we're talking about. Also, shout out to Debs, uh, my wife's best friend, one of my wife's best friends, uh, one of their songs. It's good, good jam.
0: Can you imagine when this racist won? This is the, uh, the awkward the like, prom scene. Yeah. Raising our leaders, we're getting in tune. The music's played by the, the mad madman. First time seeing the AlphaVille logo. Uh-huh. It's terrible. <laughs> Have you seen it? <laughs> it's I don't know if you'll be able to read it from it. here. Oh yeah. It's okay. It's the the Greek letter alpha uh-huh. for the A. Okay. It's basically says Aville. Uh-huh. Um, but it looks like it says A Vite. So it's the Greek letter alpha <laughs> with a big V after that that's bigger than the A, and then a regular I, and then <laughs> two L's stacked on top of each other. And then just three lines for the E. It's so busy and such bad design. <laughs> or you could just Google it and look it up. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> look up the Alpha logo. It's awful. Uh, time After Time by Cindy Lauper. T- I awesome. mean, yeah. Uh, we did a whole episode. We like, did. We
1: all know it's time Time after time. Absolutely. Um, those two compromise the most accurate adaptation of 80s high school dances ever. To sure. Me, and yeah. I think that's perfect. Um, they've got The Rose where he does the human video. <laughs> oh, I they, hate that song so much. <laughs> and... Jamiroquai, Canned Heat. Yeah. Please, from the dance. Play a little Jamiroquai, Canned Heat. Love this song. Everybody embrace their inner Napoleon and do their version of this dance.
0: Jamiroquai, some serious chops in this. Oh, man. Huh. Listen to this in headphones. Yeah. The bass will get you, man. This is like some... This is like um you know off the wall Michael Jackson yes. just updated oh, that's sound.
1: I used to put my faith in worship. But then my chance to get to heaven slay Oh,
0: I used to worry about it. Got your moon boots on. But then I throw my caution to the wheel. Chords and stuff in there. It's just, he's, so he's good. solid, dude. Solid. Great soundtrack. Yeah. Great soundtrack. Capped, Capped off right. by Capped The off. Promise. That's right. And this is a, this is one of those songs that I didn't really, I, somehow I think I missed this song in the 80s. I didn't know this song until Napoleon Dynamite. Um, but everybody is like, yeah, dude, win in Rome. So I somehow I just missed this. My local station didn't play it or something or... I don't know. I don't know. How and I know I've
1: already given two shout outs, but this was the song for one of uh, one of my best friends' couples. This is like
0: their song. Um okay. Casey and Carlos Carvajal. So shout out to you okay. guys. I there told you, you I'd
1: mention you. So there you go. Yeah.
0: Got the shout-out. Uh, I've got some Napoleon Dynamite trivia, but maybe it. we should do... Oh, wait, wait, wait.
1: Let's play Stump the Genius. Yes. Uh, we're going to play Stump the Genius, and then we can talk uh, more Napoleon Dynamite. Here we go. Stump the Genius. Stump the Genius. Stump the Genius. It's time to Stump the Genius. Jump up and take your part. I take your part. part. All right. We're going to play match game Stump the Genius, and you're gonna. I'm going to give you... Okay, I'm going to give you five... Let's do six. I'm going to give you six characters... And Napoleon Dynamite. Okay. Okay. And I'm also going to give you six movies other than Napoleon Dynamite. Okay. And you got to tell me which one is oh, with which. Okay. Okay. So if okay. you want to write these down, okay. uh, however you want to do it, if you need a notepad okay. or something. So I'm going to give you the character, um, but I'm not going to go like this one in that one. Yeah, I'm yeah, going to yeah. mix them up okay. and then you're going to tell me and we're going to scratch them off and we're going to see how many of six you can get. So All right. you got to top some notes. Yep. So we got John Rice, who is Uncle Rico. Okay. We got Ephrain Ramirez of Pedro.
0: Okay.
1: Haley Duff, uh, Summer Wheatley, who is Hillary Duff's sister. Yep.
0: Uh
1: Tina Majorino, who is Deb. Aaron Rule, who is Kip, Kipland Kip Dynamite. Okay. And Chandrella Avery. LaFonda. LaFonda okay. Lucas. Okay, so those are your six people. All right. I'm gonna fail this. Here's your six movies. Here's your six movies. Okay, Adams Family Reunion. Okay. Waterworld. Wow. Judas, On the Road with Judas. The movie's called On the Road with Judas. Okay. So the character is Judas. Oh, okay. That's a male, so there's a little hint. All right. Secret Life of Bees. Okay. Men in Black. Really? And Kazam. Wow.
0: Kazam? (laughs) Kazam. Okay. All
1: right, so here we go. Let's see, which one do you think John
0: Rice is in? All right. Let's see. John Rice, Uncle Rico, I'm going to say Judas. Okay.
1: We're going to go. Oh, you're not going to tell me I'm right nope. or wrong as I go. No, nope. because then, I'll, then okay, you'll know. Okay. And you'll be able to process right. little bit. Okay. Okay. Um, okay.
0: Efren Ramirez. Um. Oh, man. Let's go. I <laughs> Let's go Adam's <laughs> Family Values for okay. no reason. Okay. We're going to go Haley Duff. Haley Duff. I'm going to go Secret Life of Bees. Okay. We're
1: going to go Tina
0: Majorino. Tina Majorino, I think, was in
1: Waterworld. We're going to go Aaron Rule. Aaron Rule. That's
0: Kip. That is Kip. Um, I What have I not used? Oh, Men in Black? Okay. I think I'm going to go Men in Black for him. Okay, and then Chandrella Avery. I'm going to go that she was in Kazana. Okay, that's fine. Yeah,
1: that's good. How do you think you did? Out of the six, how do you think you did? I think I probably got two. You got one. (laughs) You got Tina Majorino. Okay. So here we go. All right. You were pretty confident on that one. Yeah. uh, John Rice is a van driver in Men in Black. Okay. Efren Ramirez is is Carlos in Kazam. Okay. Haley Duff is Gina Adams in Adams Family Reunion. Wow. Tina Majorino is Enola in Waterworld, which you got – Aaron Rule is Judas on the road with Judas, and Chandelier Avery is Greta in Secret Life of Bees. Wow. There How go. did you guys do at home? That was a little tougher. Shoot. Man, yeah. I don't stump-
0: think I've ever taken a beating like that. We stumped that genius. Holy cow, <laughs> that was really rough. Okay, well, let me come back with some Napoleon Dynamite uh, trivia. Do it to it. Uh, Napoleon Dynamite was based on uh, Jared Hess's short film, and I th- I always thought this was. Palooka, like you call somebody, your big dumb palooka. Okay, right. But it's you pe- call people
1: that is that something. You it's
0: like an old. Okay. It's like a Abbott and Costello word to call somebody. You know what I mean? It's like a, um, you know, Bugs Bunny called people a palooka. Okay, you know, it's gotcha. it's an old. Okay, right. But I think that's actually P A L O O K A. This is P E L U C A, which okay. is Spanish. Sounds like a city. You know what it's Spanish for? You're the you're the Spanish oh, speaker. I should palooka palooka pe- no, it's uh, it's the original short film in which Napoleon's character is named Seth. Okay, and uh, it means uh, hair. Okay. Uh, it, oh, like pelo. Pelo is yeah. Ma- okay. Okay. So, so it either means hair or wig. I can't remember okay. which. Okay. But it's
1: one. Sorry, it, babe. I did the best I could, but at least I know <laughs> pelo yeah. is hair. So, so.
0: and the, and the the thing centers around you know uh in in Napoleon Dynamite, Pedro shaves his head because this is one of my favorite <laughs> lines because his hair is hot. <laughs> So he shaves his head, um, and in in uh, do they go buy, do they go get him a wig in uh, yeah, Napoleon? Yeah, okay, yeah. yeah. So it's basically that story is the original story Peluca, which is uh, the That's basis right. for this, and uh, and and John Hader is um, Napoleon or, or Seth in yeah. that, and but he's the only one that maintains. Everybody okay. else is a different actor, but it's just him. Uh, but it's like an eight minute you know kind of short film. Uh, Some favorite IMDb trivia about Napoleon Dynamite. It takes place in Preston, Idaho, which apparently is over 90% Mormon. This is why nobody is drinking or swearing in the movie. Um, Napoleon's student ID, I've never thought about this. Napoleon's student ID shown in the opening credits clearly establishes that the film takes place in 2004. However, fashion, technology, and pop culture are all from the 80s and 90s. Um, Jared Jared Hess, director, was once asked when the movie takes place, and his response was simply, Idaho. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. Great. Um, (laughs) Okay, this is good. This is so good. Uh, Another music tidbit. Okay. Elvis Costello's 1986 album Blood and Chocolate features three different names used by Elvis in the credits when referring to himself. Okay. okay. So Elvis is referred to in the credits by three different names. Elvis Costello, of course, which is a stage name, his given name, Declan McManus. Okay. And a second pseudonym, Napoleon Dynamite. Oh, wow. Director, How about that? Get this director and writer Jared Hess says he had no idea. What? He says total coincidence. He said on multiple occasions, not great. connected, At had all. no idea wow. that Elvis Costello had a had a stage name of Napoleon, Napoleon Dynamite. Dynamite. Isn't cool. that weird? That's great. That's why you guys come on the uh, Great Song Podcast
1: to hear those tidbits. Yeah. That's music. And so
0: I I learned, I've already referenced 30 Rock once in this episode, but uh, in another episode of 30 Rock, they have Elvis Costello on as a guest. They're trying to pull him in uh, to doing a we are the world type thing, Uh you know what I mean? And he doesn't want to do it. And they're like, oh, yeah, well, maybe we'll tell the world about your... Um, your secret life as a as an international art thief, Elvis Costello, or should I say Declan McManus? <laughs> and I thought they were making that up. Yeah, Turned that's, it, that's his, 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 real name. his real life name. That's the name his name is Mama gave him. <laughs> uh, I got a couple covers, and then I think that's that's really yeah, it for me. Call it, call, jump to the interview. Sounds good. All right, let's talk about the Sturgill Simpson cover okay. of the Promise, which I think I think you're really going to enjoy. Do you like Sturgill Simpson? Yeah. I like
1: that guitar
2: part. Me too. You friend. don't look too strange.
0: It's a different song. Yeah, he just makes everything totally his own. Yeah.
2: You know him.
0: If you haven't checked out Sturgill Simpson, he's yeah. worth. It. I'll always be if I don't you, like that. If you like this. Yeah. <laughs> if you, if like... you don't like
1: this, then, <laughs> this is it. This yeah. is him. Yeah,
0: exactly. Yeah. It's like 70s outlaw country. It, you know? when That's good. Day yeah, day to... Anyway, it's cool. Uh, should I skip to the chorus? You want to hear a little chorus? Sure. If he gets here. If you around, I'll make you so... Put a little reverb on your vocals there, <laughs> sir. <laughs> he almost got into some John Anderson territory. I right Waylon Jennings uh, yeah. it's like if you wish Waylon Jennings you, you was did still Seminole around.
1: you did Seminole win one time yeah, yeah at, I, Rob does a
0: good Seminole I win did, here we go I'm putting him do, on no the, we have to find, oh, you want me to do it again do it again I want you to do it because I really it was case. a you 10 out of 10 that first time let's see if you can do it again a little, how about I do a different one okay how about I, uh, uh, late Lord night I had a crazy dream <laughs> I met a man who invented a money machine.
1: That's good, man. That, yeah, you're, you're pretty good on that.
0: Like, the next line's actually the best. Hold on. Um, he said, I know things are tight and times are tight. <laughs> 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 the vocal
1: control, ladies and gentlemen. That oh, man. Um, John
0: Anderson is the funnest Thanks for stopping dude. by,
1: John. It's been a minute since we have yeah. had somebody just randomly pop in. It's good to, good to see you. <laughs> thanks for coming by.
0: Uh, and then I got one more. Uh, that's kind of out of left field, but, man, it's, I don't know. I, I Let's see what you feel about this. This is a cover by Real Big Fish.
1: Okay. You remember K- Real Absolutely. Big Fish? Kayla likes Real Big Fish. We saw them at the Vans Warped Tour time or two. Okay.
0: Here's the promise by Real Big Fish. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> Long live ska. <laughs> I was curious what the tempo was going to be. Yeah. I think it was a chicken 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 chick, If you need a friend. Let's get it. It's they a nice change of pace. To a stranger. You know in the end. Anyway, that's the that's the real big thing. Simpson's
1: like, what in the Sam Hill? <laughs> <laughs> right.
0: It's funny because, you know, the order in which these things come out affects the order in which people enjoy them yeah. and cover them and make their own art. That's you good. know what I mean? So like if that's the version that came out first. First of all, it goes nowhere. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's never in included in any movie, and Sergio Simpson never even bats an eyelash at it. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? It's just funny the way it's that hilarious. I was actually thinking this morning, and I wish I could remember the specific song that I was thinking about. That was just a song, and mm-hmm. then somebody covered it, and it and it turned into this thing that everybody loves. I wish I could remember what it was, but I was thinking about if I can get a little philosophical for a second. The 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 um the benefit in just making art for art's sake, you know, is you might put out something that is, it doesn't set the world on fire, but it inspires somebody else to do something, either their version of it or they take a piece of it and include it in, you know, what becomes theirs or whatever. And it it doesn't happen if you choose to give in to like insecurity or whatever and go, this isn't worth releasing. Nobody's going to care about this, which is the artist's, Struggle, yeah. you know what I mean, in many ways. Um, but it, like if you got. Whatever your thing is, if it's a podcast, if it's a if it's a song, if it's a piece of art, if it's a business idea, whatever it is, put it out into the world. You never know what it's going to inspire in that's somebody good. else. That's really good. Even if it doesn't become, even if your thing's popular, not the thing, yeah. you
1: may set off
0: the thing. Yeah, you may so inspire the good. thing. You know, I like so that. I, so
1: let I, us encourage you. Yeah. Good job, Rob. Yeah. I like that. Do your thing today. That's whatever, right.
0: Wherever you are, enjoy you do. your our interview with uh,
1: you know we get to interview these people.
0: Yeah. What in the world? Yeah. So we're putting it out there in the world. That's right. We're doing Farrington and Man. Uh, it's going to be a great interview, I promise.
1: Ah,
0: there hey. we go. That's the way to end the Great Song
1: Podcast out. <laughs> Let's kick it to him. Good yeah, job,
0: Rob. Hey, before we go, hit us up online. Make sure to check us out on all socials at Great Song pod, Uh, And you can join our Facebook group, Great Songs, and the great people who love them greatly. And if you want to go the extra mile and be a part of supporting the show, you can do that on Patreon. Just go to Patreon.com slash Uh, And we'll be able to say thank you by giving you stuff like early access, Bonus episodes, uh, all kinds of behind the scenes stuff and and goodies there. So uh, that's our way of saying thank you if you choose to support the show on Patreon. We're thankful for everybody who is listening. Thank you so much. Um, the show is just going and going and going, and uh, we can't we can't believe it. Movie week continues. Uh, I mean, movie month uh, continues next week. We got some great stuff uh, coming up. We'll be back at the end to close it out. But for now, let's go to Clive Farrington, Andrew Mann, JP, and me. <laughs> This is The Great Song Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, as promised, we are here with Clive Farrington and Andrew Mann from Win in Rome. Gentlemen, thank you so much for joining us after much technical difficulty today. <laughs> thank you so much.
2: <laughs> yeah, we got there. <laughs> we got there. That's we right. Reckon we reckon got- JP would spit... We reckon JP was
0: fiddling around with some knobs in there. That's right.
1: That's right. We got both of yeah. them, guys. Not yeah. just one. Nice. We have two parts. Yes.
0: This is amazing. We got, we got Clive and Andrew. So uh, we really appreciate you, you guys. We are joining us. One of you from California and one from London. Is that correct?
3: Well, yeah. originally, originally uh, from Manchester, South Manchester. Yeah. And uh, I live in California now and Andrew uh, in London.
0: So we are yeah. we are nationwide and worldwide with this Zoom call right now. So uh, that's really pretty impressive. Um, why don't we start uh, with the promise? Why don't we Why don't we get the backstory on that song from you? Uh, how did it come about as a song? Any, any anything interesting from the the writing end or the production end, recording end, all of it? We want to hear it all.
3: Well, we um, we had a little studio at my parents' house in Manchester, a t- tiny little studio built in a. a, a it was originally a coal shed so me and my dad converted it into a a studio and the the space was so tight we had um what's known as dexian shelving on the on the walls so we could hang the keyboards flat on the walls to save space
0: cool so
3: um that so that was the start of our writing thing And, and i was in a band called beau leisure andrew used to support us um reciting his poems uh, he was a punk, what's known as a punk poet. I'm talking for him now. He can talk, talk to you about <laughs> it. But, um,
2: I'm I'm just going to go to the loo now. So you go off and uh,
3: get yourself a drink, mate. While I <laughs> tell the story. Um, so we we met Andrew through the original the band before When in Rome, um, Beau Ledger, um, where he used to recite his poems on stage and. Um, we We split a bow ledger split up, and Andrew at the same time as it happened was going to live in london and uh Mike and I, the original keyboard player uh were working in the studio one night and i'd programmed this drum part, which was that, that the uh that was that was the basis of the whole track actually and then the s h one o one bass which was the that went I, what a gross sound Oh, wow. Thank you. Thank you. So that was it. I mean, you can still buy the SH-101 and I've got the software version of it now. So it's uh, and the the, uh, Lindrum, which originally it was done on a Roland Dr. Rhythm because we couldn't afford the Lindrum at the time. (laughs) So we had this little little, uh, Dr. Rhythm. So I programmed the drum part on that so the the drum part and the bass kind of kicked in the whole tune uh and then we came up with that melody line the piano opening line that you know makes the song so familiar that yeah. da, da, dun, 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 dun. um so that was built it, that was built in after the bass and the drums had been put in and stuff so um and we, i i get very very lazy with lyrics i i, I write a f- verse and a chorus and I, 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 I well whether i lose my way and I, I can't think of the second verse or not i don't <laughs> know it's i think it's because i get lazy so w- what we did was we sent the Um, demo tape on a c90 tdk c90 cassette to andrew it was recorded on a TAC four track uh recorder and uh, we sent the verse and the chorus the the weird thing about writing the song was we never actually wrote those lyrics down i did we we didn't sit down and write the lyrics wow um so as as soon as that um as we'd worked on it and worked on it and worked on it and and that piano part had been put in i sang that verse straight into the recorder and then we recorded the vocal uh the first verse and the chorus without actually writing the lyrics down that
1: is so cool that's awesome wow
3: yeah well and, and then of course we 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 didn't have uh of course we didn't have the the luxury of uh, the internet at that time so there was no, we couldn't send mp3s in five seconds <laughs> over to over to our uh, cohorts and so uh we um we sent the tape down to andrew it took about a week or so to get a bit of british uh the post Office was very slow <laughs> at that time. So it took about a week for him to get the cassette. And then he started touting it around the uh, A&R people and hanging in the right place and, and hanging with the right A&R people and eventually over to Drew. Yeah. <laughs>
2: Yeah. That's my life story. <laughs> there you go. I've told your life story.
3: Yeah, that's okay. all you need to
0: know. I, I want to know more, actually, about being a punk poet. Uh, tell me. Tell me what. Tell, uh, that's a that's a new phrase for me. So we didn't. Me. We didn't have uh, that on our question po- board. Like yeah. we've got
1: this question board. Well, you'll see me and Rob. Well, you'll see Rob because you're looking at him, flashing like hand signals of one and that's twelve and all these questions. Like we don't have punk poet written on the board. That's right. So this is we're already off topic. Uh, tell us about uh, punk poetry.
2: Well, it's, um, I. Don't, I don't, I think it's probably wrongly worded. I mean, it, it, it was more of um, a general idea. There was a few poets knocking around the sort of the Northwest where we lived. And one one guy was very influential uh, to that scene at the time. And it was the only way I, I could express what I was writing uh, was to try and sort of jump on this bandwagon a bit. So I, I was very fortunate to do gigs with... Uh, John Cooper Clark and uh, numerous people of that time and that ilk in the UK, which was good for me. And then I I sort of, I went to Clive uh, and another couple of guys and said, why don't we put some like backing tracks to this? So that's sort of, we went in Clive's little coal shed again um, and we put put some tracks down. So it, it, it was... I wouldn't go as far as saying the word punk poet. I think it, <laughs> I still I would. Think it was the era. The era the <laughs> I'm going to explain it punk. in a minute. The era was punk, but uh, I, I just think that, you know, I, it was trying to get on getting gigs together, to be honest, and that's what really happened that way well i i think the the word the term came from the the, the fact like you just said that it, it was at the same
3: time as punk was exploding in the uk so we had these guys that had jump up on stage and and the reason why they were called punk poets is because they that their the content of the poetry was was kind of anti establishment if you like so okay. they were yeah. they were kicking yeah. a, kicking against the established establishment with whatever they wrote and the most yeah. famous guy of the, all, all of all of that that genre is jean cooper clark who who actually had an album called disguise in love which was produced by martin hannah who produced joy division um all of joy division stuff yeah, uh, yeah. And strawberry studios and then we were lucky enough to actually work at strawberry <coughs> studios with uh the guy that did the, you know unknown pleasures and all, all the stuff that that, that joy division uh, ah, there, there you go. go that's the fella That's the guy there. So, so Martin Hannett produced him as a poet and put music behind his poetry. And that's exactly what we were doing with Andrew. uh,
2: Yeah.
3: Music to go behind his poetry. He had one, for instance, called The Model, which was very much like, um, (laughs) well, it was about, you know, the, 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 the downside of being a model, if you like, it was a, yeah. Um, we and, we
2: also we used we used craft as the backing track didn't we Yeah, so. of course the model. Yeah, of course it had to be, didn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: So the, the 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 promise released originally, as I understand it, as kind of a maxi single with um you know different I, I guess mixes and you know maybe a seven inch twelve inch mix that kind of thing. Um, and then suddenly uh, you've got a number one song on the dance charts in America. Um, what did that do for the process of getting your debut album recorded? Uh, was it an immediate move into the studio or was it more like let's tour and support the single and then we'll get into the studio? Um,
3: when we came to America, we, we obviously when, once we, the, the promise was starting to hit the charts and stuff like that. Um, the record company uh, Virgin records in the, in the UK, um, because we were successful in America, decided to send us out here to record three more tunes. To, to, and of course the first thing when Andrew arrived in, uh, we'd, land in L.A., go down to Hollywood to the Virgin offices and the first thing they said is, uh, you've only got one record, you've only got one single on your on your album and we need to record more. So, pre- previous to that, we got new management and our new management uh, arranged for us to record with Richard James Burgess who produced spandau ballet and uh thomas dolby all kinds of stuff.
1: yeah
3: thomas Dolby. Yeah, yeah absolutely so um yeah, we decided to go with richard to re- record three out al- uh three new songs and we recorded at a place called santa monica uh what was it uh sound control sound santa control monica, Yeah, Mon- uh, just on santa monica boulevard just before you hit the main road before the the beach
2: it's um, probably
3: not there anymore i'd have thought well no obviously <laughs> i think it's out of control yeah but it's um it, so we 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 went to richard's house actually we went to his beautiful house in the uh in beverly hills and he had i remember, I remember distinctly he had a tree running growing right through Correct. the center of his house and not through the roof and we did all the pre-production there at richard's house and um heaven knows sight your tears and wide wide sea came from that that session mm-hmm. so uh mm-hmm. and, and and to us those songs are uh, as powerful, if you if you like, lyrically and, and musically as, as The Promise.
1: Yeah, I'll, my favorite track on the whole album is track two, Heaven Knows. I love it. Um, I think it's a smart part by y'all to, to put Richard as the producer on that. He's like club dance, finest producer. I was watching the video yep. in there. I don't know, I, as you figure i watch a lot of videos obviously two of my questions have been videos <laughs> y'all are lip syncing in there and the somebody doesn't know the words on the lip syncing <laughs> now andrew i'm not going to call you out but i know the ladies don't notice because your shirt's off and they're all you know distracted <laughs> that's what it's that. all about but i, I noticed <laughs> i noticed that somebody missed the lip sync part on there but that's actually my favorite track on <laughs> no. there. i love heaven no no though.
2: you've got it wrong we- you but you, but, uh, you were
1: looking at my left nipple when that was going on. <laughs> no, yeah. that's, not, that's
2: not my
3: thing, You're sorry. <laughs> <laughs> or you were th- thinking of the wrong words. <laughs> no, no, that, but,
1: uh, yeah, yeah, not, yeah, that did crack me up. There are other good pieces on that. Uh, I love Total Devotion, Fast Paced Little Ditty, yeah. that piano solo's Money. And is that Larry Stabbins on sax? Is that who plays the sax solo? It, it is. It is.
3: I, it is, absolutely, yeah.
1: I'm a Larry Stabbins yeah. fan because me and Rob were a little bit of jazz background. Rob actually played jazz. <laughs> he played in a jazz band in college. Let's not call what I play jazz. He's good. Don't let him fool you. (laughs) Um, I discovered him through the Hans Bennett Quintet. um, Pick up Stoneface Stabbins, for those of y'all that are listening. It's good. But that's so cool that you landed Larry Stabbins on Total Devotion. That was money.
3: Absolutely. I mean, that came from the the, the album that was recorded before we recorded ours was Diamond Life, Sade's album. Yeah. uh, And produced by Robin Miller. So we we actually wanted Robin Miller because, of course, if you listen to that album today, it stands up today. The sound on the album is just beautiful um mm. and i don't know whether that comes from robin robin's actually blind so he's got this kind of sixth seven, or seventh sense of hearing so wow. all of his albums sound crystal clear and stuff so um we because of the sound of diamond life we wanted um robin to produce us but he wasn't available i think he went on to um produce joe Boxers and many others um so we we actually decided to choose uh his engineer Ben Rogan yep. he he produced our album uh, and that was the reason why Larry came along because Larry Stabbins played on the Diamond Life album yep. as well so yeah. and Michael if you Michael,
1: Michael Brouwer was another producer on there right y'all had three producers well, correct uh,
3: absolutely yeah yeah and uh, he was there. i i actually was had the pleasure of actually going over to New York at the, uh, to to actually oversee the mastering and uh, it was Michael Brower who actually mastered the album so I was uh in New York for 10 days and uh he used to just I'd, I'd go into the studio in the morning and he says go and have a walk around Central Park we don't you know come back at about five o'clock and uh, you'll be able to have a listen to something and every time I went back it just got better and better and better and then after 10 days we've got the I used to walk down uh yeah the main street where uh, on central park down to the studio with the headphones on listening to the mixes and stuff and you know springing in the step and thinking this is sounding fantastic that's cool and uh that's yeah awesome. so
1: i, I gotta stuff. i gotta throw another one at you club based off that album on on everything i guess rock and spin it around so you can see me Hey, this is me over here. Um, On everything, it's got like the most beautiful piano part and my favorite melodic guitar part on there. But I was watching on the video someone comment <laughs> that you kind of look like Jerry Seinfeld with the hat on. Had you ever heard anybody <laughs> tell you that? With the hat on in that video I tell,
3: I tell you what, I didn't, I've never heard of the guy. I know. Well, I've heard of him now, but I'd never heard of him at that at time, time. Because, yeah, of, he, because he of course, radar. he was more famous in America. <laughs> I kind of understand what You know, I've seen the comments there, but... um we were talking about this the other day we both learned not to actually um listen to the, or or read the comments anymore okay that that's probably that's, the that's best.
0: very smart yeah
1: <laughs>
3: <laughs> but you know what? We take it with a pinch of salt. I mean, it's it's obviously it's, I'm sure no harm was meant by it, but it was, yeah. And and God, he, he, Seinfeld is a good looking boy, and I, you know, <laughs> there,
1: there <laughs> are worse people you could be compared to. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, and, and you've got your book, uh, the great book, Confessions of a One Hit Wonder. That's, yeah. uh, the promise in the aftermath. So, uh,
2: yeah,
3: one of my yeah. favorite
1: quotes in there. I realized the nature of the song and its low and high vocals made it feel like it should be sung in a gothic cathedral, allowing a hymn to be, <laughs> be sent to the gods. Well, I, I actually,
3: I actually nicked that. You can tell that I actually stole that, can't you? <laughs> really? oh, yeah. No, no,
2: yeah, yeah. You, you ripped that off. No, it wasn't. It's, from it, the, it's, it's from definitely the Old the Testament.
3: Yes, yeah, I, I the Old stole from. Yeah. <laughs> John chapter 2
0: <laughs> Reverend Andrew and Clive ma- <laughs> right
1: yeah. that's
0: cool yeah. Uh, you want to throw one out around? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, I, I love it when a uh, when a classic song hits a movie soundtrack uh, years after its sort of initial release um, and gets repopularized for you know a new audience. And that's certainly the case with the use of the promise uh, in the closing scene of uh, Napoleon Dynamite, uh, the film. Uh, when you guys were approached about its use in the film. Uh, did you have any idea that this little weird movie would blow up like it did and, and become so iconic and give sort of a, a whole new life cycle to a, a brand new audience uh, you know, for your most well-known song?
3: Well, Clive will answer this, he's good with the... Uh, <laughs> well, I was the kind of, I was, of course, between times when we'd, we'd had The Promise as a hit record and, and uh, we lost the record deal after after uh, demoing the second album. Just be, get our fault more than the record, you know, we, we the A&R guy moved on to another record company and, of course, there was nobody there that really supported us anymore, so we lost the record deal. Um, and then I, I got a what 's no what what mum and dad would call a proper job you yeah. know okay why don't, why don't you get a proper job you know <laughs> and so so I actually got a proper job and my daughter was born in one thousand nine hundred and ninety nine so I had to get a proper job to support her and everything else so i I started work at a hotel in two thousand and one it was at the same time as nine eleven and so um two thousand and three I get a phone call out of the blue from our um keyboard player, our original keyboard, and songwriter, mm-hmm. uh, Michael Floreal. Um, and he called me from... Fingers, uh, fingers, Fingers, as he's known. Fingers Floreal, yeah. So we, we got a, I got a phone call from him saying, uh, you know, that he's been approached. Because uh, obviously, because it, he'd actually moved out to Dallas. He, he made the right move. We should have done that as soon as we'd got the hit record right back in the 80s, really, on hindsight. We don't have any regrets, but I think that would be a mis- I think that's a mistake that we didn't actually move to where the... where yeah where the, where the cotton was growing, if you like. Uh Yeah. Um, So, um, I get the phone call out of the blue and he says, "Would they want to use the promise in an upcoming movie. You know, they're they're making a movie and they want to use the promise. Uh, Great. And then we did, we negotiated. I was talking with Mike every other day throughout 2003, negotiating the the deal and everything else. And uh, so the, so I'm. I, I, he stopped talking to me after 2003, when the film was just about to be released. And then I was watching one o'clock in the morning and watching the MTV Film Awards, and Daryl Hannah comes running on stage and <laughs> says, "Forgive me, I'm losing my voice. I'm out of breath, shouting for Napoleon Dynamite." So, of course, it's won the uh, the. Um, what's the film festival that he went to? The first film festival, that he Oscars? Went to. No, not the Oscars. No, um, the. <laughs> <laughs> it's it, whatever it was it won the the film fair fe- it, it's a weird name it's out Is in it the there, sundance
1: the, film festival
3: sundance film festival yeah, okay. that's it it won, it, won, it won the sundance film fe- festival as an independent movie shot in the dark and, uh, and
1: i happened to land it
3: <laughs> yeah and uh, it, it, thank you um so that so daryl hannah comes running on stage it's the mtv film awards she says forgive me for shouting blah 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 and then of course it wins the film of film of the year awards uh-huh. And uh, and of course you think, oh, well, wait a minute, our song's in that that movie, so there's something going to be happening here. So, and, we, and Andrew and I are sat that throughout 2004 when the film was released, and it becomes this massive cult hit movie throughout 2000 well, from even up to today throughout 2005, <laughs> 2004, 2005, 2006. Andrew and I are sat back in the UK and wondering what's going on, um, and. Uh, it we're thinking why are we not being asked to to tour on the strength of the uh, the song being used in the movie? But of course we didn't, and we found that uh, our um, ex <laughs> member had uh, created his own thing. I mean, we're not going to start. Saying how bad that was on on that, but but it, it you know we, the reason why we were not being asked to go over is because our ex member had formed a new band yes. called When in Rome. And, and and of course because for agents it's easy when you when you got the band situated in America where it's most successful yeah, right. for any agent it's very very easy to approach that version of the band to say tour. So unfortunately, Andrew and I, as the original songwriters and singers of the song, were not asked to to be part of that. Um, you know, that
1: adaptation. Uh, it was a,
3: yeah. There was a, there was a, there was, well, no, not part of that, part of the actual tour whole thing tour that would have re- really been good to, to do at uh, 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 the time when it was released. Yeah. You know, yeah. Like, the original band members and everybody, everybody to whatever happened in the past with, you know i mean the reason why we fell out in the first place is cuz we're like brothers and brothers fall out you know we we were together too much all the time so <laughs> that's the reason there was no hard feelings there was no animosity towards anybody else but uh, unfortunately we were not asked to to be part of that great celebration of when the film first was um, released
0: oh, well that is
3: no.
1: quite unfortunate. Well we'll, unfortunate well we'll lift it up with some other positivity <laughs> of things that we love which i think the uh, another Thing I want to touch on is the additional musicians that y'all have on the project. I thought that was super smart to enlist. Is Phil spaulding on bass? Now, Clive, you're a bass player too, so if you're going to have Absolutely. somebody play bass, why not pick Phil spaulding Right? I mean, he did everything.
3: Absolutely, yeah. Big I mean, Jagger.
1: yeah. Or catch yeah. in the dark. I love that guy. So
3: he's fantastic. And yeah, uh, you legend. know, the, the, when you work with people like that, it, 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 they just do it. You know, it's no, there's no uh, you don't oh, how does this? How should I do this? How should uh-huh. I do that? He's yeah, playing the track, and he goes bam, 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 and it's just right on every time. And, and, and you can and, be and a little course, more
1: critical of bass players being a bass player yourself. So it's okay.
3: Absolutely, yeah, um, and and yeah, I, I, I know. I, you know, whether I'm good or bad, I know what's great. I know. <laughs> I know what. What sounds great, you know. That's good. And uh, he sounds fantastic. And and, and Preston Haven Preston Haven on
1: drums, yeah, with Kate drums, Bush, yeah. Is awesome.
3: Of course those those two together as the rhythm section, you've got something Cause for me, of course, the rhythm section is the that's where you're at, that's where the glue's at and everything that goes on top is uh is a is a is a ble- is a blessing, but um and y'all can yeah, compare the
1: guitar players, right? It's J.J. Bell and Michael Thompson, is that right? J- yeah,
3: yeah, but God rest his yeah. old J.J. and he, he worked with Pet Shop Boys and mm-hmm. many other many other bands. Yeah, Michael Thompson and, uh, played with
1: Joe Cocker, who's me and Robert are both Joe Cocker yeah. fans. We're both fans of it. Christopher Cross, just, Reba, everybody. He's been with everybody. It
3: should have been fantastic that album, shouldn't it? <laughs> it,
2: was. <laughs> 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 it was. It was. It was just a. It was just the vocals and the singers. Yeah, oh, the singers let it down. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, if there yeah. have been some songs on that thing. No, no telling. Oh, no. no, <laughs> no.
3: <laughs> well, we're, we're, there's, there's some unknown players on the Phil Ramacon. We have to give him a shout out as well because he came out with the, uh, he was more of the kind of synthy style, if you like, whereas the other guys were, were more. Uh, and of course, we can't f- forget. Um, our friend uh, Mike Timoney, God rest his soul, he's no longer with us. He, he actually did all the demos with us right from the day one. Okay, that's cool.
0: Great,
3: so
2: there's some great stories right. about him. Clive, right. tell him, yeah. tell him the story about the mouthpiece.
3: Yeah, tell us the story oh, about no. the mouthpiece. Oh, No, I can't. That's uh, no, you. I can't. <laughs> well, no, <laughs> oh, no, no I'll yeah. tell him. Well, yeah, I'll the, tell well, it. You know what? The, the, when you th- well, they say, it is a great story if you put it in this context. Like, for, did, uh, what's that song that we do that that we? I can't. Is it? The one that we do live now with a sax solo in it? Uh, total Devotion. Total Devotion. So that's it. The Total Devotion on the album has got, for me, one of the greatest sax solos that I've ever heard on any yep, record. That's
1: the Larry Stabbins <laughs> thing that we were talking about. Yep. Well,
3: you know what? That was not Larry Stabbins.
1: Oh, okay. Oh, okay.
3: That weirdly enough, that was not Larry. That was actually Mike Timoney on a keyboard on a DX seven.
1: Oh, wow. I did not know yeah. that well
3: done. using a blow using a mouthpiece. Okay. So, so they, they have this thing that goes from the, the mouthpiece into the, uh, that, that plugs into the DX seven. And then you can actually send it to the, uh, to the fair. It was a fair light saxophone. Wow. So yeah. So it was sent to the fair light and it's a MIDI blower.
1: That's now really that's cool. So, that's cool. So
3: that was Mike Timoney who did that 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 solo, um, but I think I, I, Andrew,
2: you can go on from there. Go on. Okay. So when when this is with, after a few takes, Mike was quite an uncleanly gentleman to use the <laughs> word that he looked he looked like Nobody he been able to survive in
3: this climate.
2: <laughs> he looked he looked like he'd not. He looked like he'd not had a wash for about a month. Zoom is going to to I time. can't talk about the dead like that, mate. He? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, he um, he offered up the mouthpiece to one of us to see if wanna we go? wanted to play it. <laughs> Do you want to go? Would you, like, would you like to have a go on his mouthpiece after he'd been blowing it?
1: <laughs> and we were like, nah, no, like,
2: <laughs> Yeah, but
3: I said yes, and that's the saxophone solo that you hear on. That awesome. wow.
1: <laughs> we, we, well, you guys have been so much fun. Thank you so much for spending some time with you. We have one question that we ask everybody, and then we'll let you enjoy your day. Um, so you guys are on tour, either with When in Rome or by yourself, whatever. You're on tour, and you go into a gas station. What is each of your gas station snack foods of choice? And while you're thinking Moon pie. of it, Moon pie. Oh, Boom. I excellent. like it. Out the gate. That's from my hometown, actually. <laughs> yeah. Chattanooga Tennessee. From Chattanooga. Is
0: home of the Moon Pie. Home of the thank moon you, pie. thank
1: you, Tennessee. Yeah. That's, right. <laughs> That's right. R.C. Cola. That's right. R. C. Cola and a moon pie.
2: <laughs> How about you, Andrew?
1: <laughs> Andrew, same question.
2: Mine. See, well, this is different because confectionery in the UK is different than the States. That's why I what want I'm that. In answer. A gas station. I'm in a gas station in the States, yeah? Either way. Uh, either one. We
1: like the, the one uh, well, the one out of the States too. Okay.
2: Probably Lay's Sour Cream uh, Crisps. There we go, chips, potato chips. chips. Well Love done. it.
0: Good call. Well done. Yeah. Well, I think we are about uh, out of time. Zoom is about to kick us all off, so we could cut off at any moment. Um <laughs> But uh,
3: three we, minutes, three no, okay, minutes and so ten seconds. Got a timer there, so we go. can play. We can play one of his records now. <laughs> play one of.
1: <laughs> Seriously, guys, thank you so much. Y'all have been a lot of fun. Yeah, um, we're fun. excited to share this with uh, with the rest of the of the world. Um, keep doing what you're doing. Keep doing your yeah. things. We love all the stuff that you guys put out. Y'all yeah. are awesome. Keep uh, doing. Thank
2: it. you very much. Thank you. you
1: very
0: it. nice up. to meet you. Have a good day. Thank you, thank you so love
2: much. It. Love Thank it. you. Thank you. Love it to meet you both. Same here. Same
0: Here. Cheers. This is the Great Song Podcast. That was Clive Farrington and Andrew Mann of When in Rome. Uh, and uh, it was good. Man, I really enjoyed fun. talking to those guys. Good They're dudes. So kind. Unexpectedly, we f- sort of fell into a rhythm pretty quickly with them. You know what I mean? Like, Which uh, was
1: good because we were uh, we had, had trouble syncing up at first. We
0: did, yeah. It's true. It On took us a long fault. time to get that Zoom. We're not... I, I told you, we're not... It took us a long time, right? It took us <laughs> a year to get into the Zoom <laughs> thing, so... But, uh, yeah, we had a lot of fun with them, so... Uh, we'll be back next week with uh, some more great music. Bring more your popcorn. Movie, movie let's, talk, watch, let's, let's talk some movies. That's right. Let's, yeah, let's talk oh, some I'm movies. I'm excited about next week. <laughs> uh, it's going to be good. We're good. Save it. Save okay, it. Okay, okay, okay. All right, we'll see you next week. Until then, I'm Rob. I'm JP. Go listen to some music.